Good morning. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministry. Today is Sunday, February the 20th, 2022. Amen. I'm bringing to you the word of truth that God has given me for you. You know, last Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday, and many folks have asked me that they had missed the podcast. <laughs> Amen. But I thought it was necessary and wise to skip that session since everybody was in the Super Bowl mindset and just bring that word from last week to you today. Amen. Amen. I like to ask a question as we continue on this uh, suffering of Christ. I want to ask the question. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why did Jesus take such a punishment upon himself? Since he didn't stand up for himself, nor did he even try to fight back, then what was his purpose? What was his purpose? Very good question. And I hope by the end of this podcast, we will have answered that question. If you have your Bibles with you and pen and paper, our foundational scripture will be coming from the book of John. John chapter 19, verse 16 through 24, then 28 to 37. So it is a lot of scripture to read, but they all are necessary. So let me begin. Amen. Verse 16, then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Golgotha where they crucify him and two others with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart and also his coat. Now the coat was without seeing woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lot for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they parted my raiments among them, and for my vesture they did cast lot. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now that was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hips and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Then the Jews, therefore, because of it was the preparation for the Sabbath, that the body should not remain upon the cross. Oh, for on the Sabbath day, excuse me, for that Sabbath day was a high day. They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. 
Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came therefore out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record and his record is true. And he knoweth that he said that he says true that you might believe for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him should not be broken. And again, another scripture said they shall look upon him whom they pierce. Let us pray. Fathers in Jesus name. We want to take this time and opportunity to give you praise. We thank you, Lord God, for this another day that you have given us. Each day, dear Lord, that we wake up, dear Lord, it's a brand new day. New mercies, new opportunities, Lord God, and we can have our faith, Lord, renewed. We can have our hope renewed. Everything about this day is new. And so, Lord, we thank you, dear Lord God, for it. Now, Lord God, as we go forth, dear Lord God, continually to be the fly on the wall and be able to follow through uh, with Jesus from the scriptures and see all the things that took place to, that our Lord had to go through, dear Father, in order to get to the cross. And now, Father, Lord, we pray, be with the audience, bless them, dear Lord, as they hear and bless them as they read. In Jesus' name we pray and say amen. Uh, the title of this message is The Sufferings of Christ, The Crucifixion, Part 1. There is a part two to this. Amen. So let's go with the review. First of all, we understand that Jesus settled his will to do the Father's will in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was there that Jesus was betrayed with a kiss from one of his own disciples. He was taken to three illegal courts at night to only return back to the Roman governor, Pilate. Judgments were made on his life. He was found innocent of any and all charges, but was guilty for them not believing the truth about him. He truly is the son of God. About 500 soldiers took him to beat him, spit upon him, and put upon him clothing to mock his kingship. To fulfill a tradition of the Jews, they demanded a prisoner named Barabbas to be freed and for Jesus to become his substitute. Jesus didn't endure his suffering as the son of God, but as the son of man. This brings us to where we are in our journey with Jesus, his crucifixion. Amen. His crucifixion. The first thing we want to address about the scripture is who carried Jesus' cross? Who carried the cross? Last week, we mentioned the cruelty that Jesus endured at the hands of the Roman soldier, and now he's being led away to be crucified. Jesus was so exhausted and weak from the cruel treatment that someone else had to carry his cross. You may think, be thinking, you just read in verse 17, and it says, and he bearing his cross. So it's talking about Jesus. Well, it may be a difference of opinion, but then only the scriptures can settle the truth. So the question is, who is being referred to as he? Dr. Luke will provide the answer saying, and as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Amen. 
just thought that would be a little bit of a uh something i can throw in and uh, won't charge you for that amen all right the next thought we want to do deal with is the duration of time for jesus to die mark records some very interesting facts about jesus crucifixion mark chapter 15 verse 25 it says and it was the third hour and they crucified him so that's the time that they crucified jesus it was at the third hour the third hour is 6 a.m to 9 a.m that's the time that they did this that's the time that they crucified my lord jesus laid his body on the cross and they nailed his hand and his feet to the cross picked it up and dropped it in a hole which caused the point of interest of the nails to cause a split in his hand and his feet I can't imagine the pain that he felt. Crucifixion in biblical days was capital punishment for all evildoers. Mark chapter 15, verse 33. And when the sixth hour was come, which is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. or 9 a.m. to midday, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Mark chapter 15, verse 34 says, at the ninth hour, which is from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., in that time frame, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said that, he gave up the ghost. So it gives us the time that they knelt into the cross and the scripture gives us the time that he died. The time of the crucifixion uh, took about approximately nine hours. Nine hours for Jesus to be on that cross. And the Bible record what happened during those nine hours of Jesus' agony. As I took notice of those events, I was reminded of a movie called The Advantage Point. The plot was about the president of the United States on foreign land, which I think it was Paris. A tourist, a terrorist attack took place whereby a bomb exploded near the president. The movie showed that explosion from the viewpoint of the following. A reporter, the newscast with the reporter, the secret servant agents, a Paris police officer, an American tourist who was capturing the moment on his camcorder, the terrorist, and even the president himself. So it is at Jesus' crucifixion. He was the center of attention, and everyone there had a viewpoint. The soldiers, pilot, the people, the chief priests, the two thieves, Jesus, and even God the Father. Amen. We need to look at the vantage point of each one of them. First of all, let's look at the soldiers. And the scripture says that the soldiers, when they crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts. Okay. They took his garment and began to make mockery about it. You know, who's going to get what? Pretty much like a lottery. We're going to cast lot and see who's going to win it. That's what they did. Amen. That's what they did. They rent his clothing. 
But what they were doing, which they may not have realized, they were actually fulfilling what the scripture has said was going to come to pass. They parted my raiment among them, and for my vexture did they cast lot. According to Matthew chapter 27, verse 36, it says about the soldiers, and sitting down, they watched him there. According to Luke chapter 23, verse 36 to 37, it says the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. These things did the soldiers did. Now, this is from the advantage point of the soldiers and all that they did to uh, come at Jesus. This is what the soldiers did. Now let's look at Pilate. You might have think that he would have stayed back and took a took the advice of his wife, but he didn't. Or it could have been written as his responsibility to be there. Nevertheless, he wrote a title or an inscription stating the crime that Jesus was charged with. It was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. It stated, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Although the chief priest wanted to alter the saying to say, Jesus of Nazareth, I am the king of the Jews, Pilate responded to them was what I had written, I have written. He was the one in authority. He wasn't going to change it. He made it be what it was supposed to be. The Bible says in the book of John, I think it's in chapter three, when it talked about Jesus, uh, when uh, Peter had went to Nathaniel, and spoke about Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, Nazareth was a, a place that was not really considered a good place, but that's where Jesus came from. Amen. He came from that place. Or if you want to say it in our term, he came from the hood. Amen. A place that is not good, not safe. A place that, you know, I don't think I want to be there. I want something better on a hill. But Jesus of Nazareth, he would refer to where he came from, the king of the Jews. Now, let's look at the people. Now that Jesus is hanging on the cross, they began to rail at him with their speech. And as they passed by, wagging their head at Jesus with such immaturity and disrespect for life, through their ignorance and unbelief, they said, Thou that destroys the temple and build it in three days, save thyself if thou be the Son of God and come down from the cross. Oh my God. It's not what the soldiers say, save thyself. Now the people follow through with the same words save thyself. Save thyself. Well, let's look at the vantage point from the chief priest. The chief priests, being who they were, religious hypocrites, power-hungry, arrogant, and manipulators, they, along with the scribes and elders, had no mercy, no love, no compassion for Jesus. At that moment, while Jesus is suffering on the cross, they still mocked him to bring shame to his name and credibility. They said in the midst of the crowd, he saved others but can't seem to save himself. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from that cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God, then let him deliver him. If he would have him, 
for he said, I am the son of God. Amen. Everybody has an opinion about this Jesus that was hanging on the cross. They had an opinion about the one that they were crucifying. Everybody had an opinion, but their opinion seemed to overlay with the same thought and with the same motive. And we're going to get to that later. Okay, let's look at the two thieves on the cross. The Bible said that there were two thieves that were crucified with Jesus, one on his right hand and the other on his left. This was done to fulfill what was written in scripture, which said he was numbered with the transgressors. Amen. Jesus was numbered with the transgressor. Amen. So let me back up a little bit. Remember that he became, amen, the substitute for Barabbas. This was supposed to be Barabbas' spot. Barabbas should be suffering here, but Jesus took his place. He didn't take his place being, as we said, the son of God. He took his place as being the son of man. So every pain, every pain that he was suffering on that cross, don't tell me that Jesus didn't feel it. He felt every pain, every pain. There was no smile on his face in the midst of those things. He was suffering. He was suffering. He was enduring the suffering. But yet at the same time, he was minded, reminded of why he was there. Amen. So let me go on. The scripture doesn't tell us what their name was, talking about the two thieves, nor their status in life. It is my belief that the one that railed on Jesus was on his left hand and the other on his right. The one on the left hand said, if thou be the Christ, man, everybody got to start off with if. That means they didn't believe. They didn't believe. If you got to start out, if you be God, then you don't believe that he is God. But anyway, let's go on. If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. The one on Jesus' right hand rebuked him saying, don't you fear God, knowing that we are in the same condemnation? For we are receiving a just reward for our evil deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He then turned to Jesus with humility, saying, Lord, remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. Jesus said, Verily, I say unto you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. My Lord, my Lord. I don't know if y'all paid attention to this, but even during his suffering, he was still saving souls. Even during his suffering, he was still saving souls. Amen. 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 We need to understand these things. We need to understand these things because they are a serious mind. This is we have to have a serious mind about this. Christ went through all this suffering for you, for me, and for the entire world. He hung on that cross. Now let's look at, and I don't want to say the vantage point, but let me look at the point from Jesus. Amen. The point from Jesus being on the cross. He is the center of attention here. Jesus said these words about his death in John chapter 12, verse 32. If and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus knew what he had to do. He wasn't surprised about 
anything from being betrayed all the way to be hanging on the cross. He knew that he had to go through all of that. He knew that he was going to feel the pain. He knew that he was going to be despised. He knew that they were, weren't going to have faith in him. He knew all of those things. And all of the above mentioned folks wanted Jesus to come down from the cross and save himself, but did not realize that his death was about saving them, saving us from the clutches of death, which is sin. His purpose for being there was to free us from sin. They freed Barabbas by their word, but that wasn't good enough because Barabbas still was guilty of his charges, although they freed him. But when Jesus goes to the cross for us, he has the power to free us from the guilt and the charges that are before God when it comes to our sin. Praise the Lord. That's what he was about, freeing us from the power of sin and death. Jesus stayed in his place. He didn't get in the lane of speaking God. He didn't get in the lane of revenge. He didn't get in the lane of hatefulness. He didn't get in the lane of disrespecting God for allowing it to take place. For you see, Jesus was a nail in a sure place. They said, come down and we would believe. No, you have to understand. God does not come down to man's level in order for them to believe. Man has to come up to God's standard in order for them to believe God and God to receive them. Jesus was not coming off that cross because he was staying in his lane. And running his race, and his race was to be nailed to that cross and be lifted up before all men, that all men may have the opportunity to come to Jesus in old time repentance and say, Lord, here am I, save me. Here am I, Lord, save me. So what does God the Father has to say about all this? Let me read John chapter three, starting at verse 14 through 18. Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. The whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So what are you trying to say? What is God's point of view? Well, it's very simple. God is saying to you and to the world, as we see and understand the purpose of Jesus being on the cross, he is saying to you, that I love you. I love you. I love you so much that I was willing to send my son to go through this pain for you. It's you and me who should be on that cross. Jesus was innocent of all charges. 
yet they want to find him guilty of blasphemy saying, I am the son of God. But truly, he really was the son of God. And God manifests his love from Calvary's cross. So you can see it wasn't a love about emotions. It wasn't a love about feelings. It was a love to say, I can forgive you if you will simply believe on my son that he is going through all this for you. And you didn't have to suffer one thing. But the only thing that you have to do is receive the benefits from the suffering of Jesus Christ. As we close, we ask that question, why? Why didn't Jesus fight back? Why didn't he do it? What was the purpose? His purpose was to demonstrate to the world that he loved his father so much that he was willing to die on the cross for you and I. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord God, this day. We thank you, dear Lord God, for the understanding that you have given us in the passage of scripture. We realize this is just part one. We got to bring in part two, dear Lord God. And Father, Lord, when we do that, we need your help even on that accord. But Father, have your way. Speak to the hearts of those that are listening to this podcast. Let them see truly what the love of God is really all about. Allow them to understand all that Jesus went through was truly for them. We're going to say it on a personal level. It truly was for them, the individual that's listening to this podcast. Lord, Father, prick their hearts. Get them to understand, Lord, the importance of what they need to do in order, dear Lord, Father, to have a relationship with you. Lord God, and that is truly to believe in the Son of God, which his name is called Jesus Christ. Amen.